I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Hour number two, reacting to the Iowa caucuses last night. Dominant win for Donald Trump. DeSantis second. Nikki Haley third. Vivek Ramaswamy fourth. Vivek drops out last night. And now we have a three-way race, although both Buck and myself believe this race is over. Trump is going to be the nominee. The people of Iowa spoke loudly and clearly 30-point win for Donald Trump. Now, this is going to be big. All of you out there, the millions of you in this listening audience, are going to be exposed to the whole truth of the 2024 presidential campaign. We're not just going to play you talking points from the Trump side. We want you to be well-versed in all talking points. Because it's important for us who believe that Joe Biden must be beaten. Buck is in that camp. I'm in that camp. Virtually every person that is listening to this show right now is in this camp. But you have friends and family who aren't in that camp. You've got an aunt who maybe voted for Trump in 2016, and she flipped and voted for Joe Biden in 2020 because she didn't like Trump's tweets. You've got a son or daughter who refuses to vote for Donald Trump even though they know that Joe Biden is doing an awful job. Every single one of us, a co-worker, uh, a, a, a relative, every single one of us, a friend, has people in that camp. You don't win comfortably, as we all want to do in 2024, just by speaking to the base. That's what the primary is about. The primary is now, in our opinion, over. Trump is going to be the nominee. How do we make it such that by 11 o'clock Eastern on election night in November, Rachel Maddow is crying on air? How do we make it that Jake Tapper is in tears? That every CNN and MSNBC viewer is distraught 
And we don't have to wait for 3 a.m. ballot dumps to change anything because the landslide is so clear, nothing can change it. Well, you have to penetrate sometimes through what is a cone and isolation an island of dishonesty, which is what's going on at MSNBC and CNN. And most of you probably were not watching MSNBC or CNN last night. Did you flip it over at all, Buck? Yeah, yeah, well, well, I I certainly was looking. I I scrolled through Twitter to find their clips. But as as a general pro tip, when Republicans are kicking butt on election night, turn on CNN. And I know it wasn't against a Democrat, but, you know, they're terrified of Trump. The best viewing experience is to watch all the blood drained from the faces of yes. CNN and MSNBC hosts for their jaws to hit the table, for the crying to begin. That's really entertainment. Okay, so I want you, though, to be aware of what those people that you're trying to persuade may be seeing. This was MSNBC last night. As Donald Trump was preparing to give his victory speech, Listen to what MSNBC's viewers heard from Rachel Maddow. At this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, We will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, We will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, The reason I'm saying this is... Of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. And honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. Buck, they won't even allow... Trump to be heard by their audience to make the case for why they should be supporting him. This is, this is the reality. I'll point this out. Fox News gets ripped to the high heavens. They carry Joe Biden press briefings and Joe Biden speeches all the time. It's news. Amen. If that's not news, nothing is news. You know what I mean? Like if you're not going to say a presidential speech, or an election night victory speech doesn't qualify as news, you got to call yourself something else. Become a cooking channel. But if you're not going to cover this stuff, you are not a news organization. But as we all know, MSNBC and CNN haven't been news organizations in a long time. In fact, bringing it back to the, I know I've talked about it too much already, that Brett Stevens op-ed, he brought up that there is no argument against the fact that journalism, you know, sort of major uh, corporate journalism against Trump came out and said, Washington Post, New York Times, that journalism is anti-Trump because the truth is anti-Trump. So there's, this is not even a discussion at this point. So we all know what they're going to do, what they're going to say. Yeah, and I think this is important, too, because this is going to be a major uh, battleground of 2024. The number one thing that should not be censored, censored is candidate speech. How can you make a rational decision as a voter for which candidate you're going to support if you aren't able to see the candidate and what the candidate believes? This is the very foundation of democracy itself. Recognize what's going on here. MSNBC is saying the chief political opponent of the sitting president of the United States 
cannot be seen or heard on their program live making his political arguments. He must be censored for fear of what their viewers might hear. This is, you want to talk about the, the, the foundation of, of, of an attack on democracy. You're not even allowing the nominee, presumptive nominee of the Republican Party to be heard on your airwaves making the argument for why he should be the nominee. And by the way, this is not just MSNBC. They at least showed a little bit of it on CNN, but then Jake Tapper cut in right as Trump started to talk about illegal immigration and how he wanted to stop it. Listen. We're going to seal up the border. Because right now we have an invasion. We have an invasion of millions and millions of people that are coming into our country. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. Donald Trump declaring victory with a historically strong showing in the Iowa caucuses if these numbers hold. The biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in the modern era for this contest. A relatively subdued speech as these things go so far, although here he is right now under under my voice. You hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. I mean, look, I'm, I'll say this. is They would never do this to a Democrat candidate. Uh, it shows you exactly what the, what the move is going to be over. CNN is now going to pretend like it's gone back toward journalism, but it's actually just going back toward anti-Trumpism. And, and it's, uh, it's honestly, it's, I mean, if you're going to be a journalist, it is disrespectful, I think, to speak over a candidate giving a victory speech in an American, uh, statewide election, right? I mean, I, let, let's, let's start establishing some of these ground rules now. Um, and, and, you know, it's not, I'm not even directing this at any one individual or any one organization. I think that the, the rule should be if you're not going to cover a victory speech of an American presidential candidate in a duly constituted election, you're not a news organization and you're not doing journalism. Also to label it anti-immigrant. It's not even just that he stepped onto Trump's speech. Cause I could see if you're out there and you're saying, Hey, we're only going to cover 10 minutes of the speech, right? And then we're going to go back to analysis, something like that. If it's a relatively, uh, evenly applied rule, but he cut him off right as he's making Probably the most compelling argument against Biden, which is you look at the data too, Buck. Biden is underwater on a lot of issues. None of them are as bad as the border. And then to label it as an anti-immigrant stance. Trump has been very clear. He wants a big wall with a big gate, right? He wants legal immigration to be able to continue. He just doesn't want illegal immigration to be able to occur. It's not anti-immigrant to be a favor of uh, opposed to illegal immigration. Well, the the first step, the first game of Democrat propaganda around immigration and the border is always to conflate and just make it hard to talk about in the process. Conflate illegal and legal immigration. He's anti-immigrant. Donald Trump is married to an immigrant, and it's yes. not his first one. So, and he was praising his mother-in-law, who unfortunately just passed. Who was also an immigrant. I mean, this right? is a little like, bit so, like when they were saying, you know, Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. I'm like, I mean, his daughter is a convert to Judaism. His son-in-law is Jewish. And those are two of the people that are closest to him in the whole world. And he has Israelis, Jewish grandchildren. His Jewish grandchildren and the Israeli people overwhelmingly love Donald Trump. And, you know, in all the polls, when they ask them, what do you think of the American president? And, yeah, he's an anti-Semite. I mean, you know, they, look, they'll say anything. They'll say anything. But a perfect, you know what, Clay, actually, can we hold? I, I want to hold this. Joe Scarborough on the say anything side of things, 
they're going full delusion now. They're they're going full rejection of reality over there on the Scarborough panel about what just happened in Iowa. I, I want to play. We didn't play it yet, right? I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. Let's play it when we let's play it when we come back. Let let's save that one. We'll play the Scarborough. But I, the reason why I play these things and the reason why we share them with you on this show is again. We want you to persuade people. We're in now the persuasion market, right? It's great if you are out there and you are uh, the most dyed-in-the-wool Trump supporter on the planet and you uh, have done everything you can to elect Trump and you've shown up at a 100 rallies. Like he brought up uh, last night the, the guy in the, the brick jacket, uh, wall man or whatever the guy's name is. He brought him up on the stage, uh, which is a pretty funny element of, uh, of that. And by the way, before we go to break, let me play this because uh, I mentioned it. Here's Trump talking about Melania's mother dying. She is, again, an immigrant. So if you're going to be anti-immigrant, what in the world does that even mean? Listen to this cut seven. I think most importantly, I want to thank my incredible wife, uh, First Lady, I'll say former and maybe future. But more important than Melania, I want to thank her incredible, beautiful mother who passed away a few days ago. And she's up there, way up there. She's looking down, and she's so proud of us. And I just want to say to Amalia, you are special, one of the most special people I've ever known. And uh, that was a tough period of time for the family. But she, uh, she's amazing. She was amazing. So I just want to thank what she's done for our family. Okay, so just a total lie from Jake Tapper. But understand what's going on at CNN and MSNBC and what your friends or family might be seeing and not seeing. You're going to be better informed, I guarantee you, listening to this show for the next 10 months than almost any media outlet out there, certainly way better than anything that's going on at MSNBC. And and, and and we're not going to hide anything about Biden or the Democrats or whatever they're doing because people don't necessarily want to hear that, uh uh-oh, guys, they're gaining here or here's, you know, we want to be as open and transparent about what the other side is. You know what I mean? The, the, The Democrat thing is they... They can't even air Trump because Trump is so upsetting to their audience. If Democrats are doing something you need to know about, we're going to talk about it here. We're not going to say, oh, let's not talk about the, you know, the stratagems that they're using. No doubt. Uh, want to tell you as we go to break, we'll play that uh, cut for you from our good buddy Joe Scarborough when we come back. In the meantime, podcast listeners, have you heard about the series called Our American Stories? You want to feel good about the country and the ingenuity of your fellow citizens. This is the podcast does just that. Our American Stories collection of stories, everyday Americans doing great things, feel good listening experience every day. New podcast released, each one containing three or four different stories. They tell the stories of Americans involved in most aspects of life, art, sports, business, and education. These are the stories of the men and women who built the country and continue to. The research alone that's gone into telling these stories is remarkable, let alone the stories themselves. If you're a podcast listener, give this podcast a listen. Our American Stories is the name of it. It's available on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Helping you separate truth from fiction every single weekday. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand. And on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open 
Open your free iHeart app and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what they're not happy about the Trump win last night? The Morning Joe mean high school kids table. You know, not the kids who are good at sports or smart, but they had the mean kids table and thought they were cool. That's Morning Joe. Um, they're not particularly good at anything, but except for creating the illusion of elitism. And uh Scarborough over there, you remember, for anyone who forgot this, was a big Trump booster in the early days of 2016, actually, and was having, you know, lots of off-the-record meetings with Trump and everything else, and then realized you want those checks to, you want those millions to roll in from MSNBC, you, you better change your tune on that one, buddy. And things got a little personal. I'm not going to pretend like Trump didn't take some, uh, some shots. It happened. But Morning Joe, not happy about the Trump win last night, big win last night. And this is, I think, where you're going to see a lot of Democrats start to be delusional. Uh, and Clay, this is an example of this. Um, play 14. If Barack Obama took four years off and then ran in a Democratic caucus in Iowa, would 50% of Democrats vote against Barack Obama? No, no, they wouldn't. Let me answer your question for I mean, you. No, they wouldn't. It's a, the fact it, that the fact yeah. that Donald Trump has 50 percent of Republicans not voting for him, and as Steve Kornacki yeah. said, one third hating him in the state of Iowa. In the state of Iowa, you know, right. we can all sit here and put on sackcloth and ashes and and moan about Donald Trump getting 51 percent of the vote. Got to say, for people who actually want to win general elections, that's not good news. I mean, first of all. You know, this notion, I, I don't even know what this has to do with anything, but if you did have Barack Obama run again and there were other big name candidates who were in the race, 
uh, there would be a lot of people who would not, I, I would think, were Democrats. I think there'd be people who would vote for Hillary to get her first shot. I mean, but you can't do it because it'll be a third term. But notice how Scarborough, he can't even, he can't even see what's going on here, which is the beginning of the consolidation of the Republican Party behind Donald Trump. A couple of things in response to Scarborough. This is the largest win by far in any contested primary in the history of the Iowa caucus. So that's pretty significant. Also, this, this to me is interesting because you hear all the time, oh, it's a cult. Oh, Republicans won't use their mind. They won't think there are reasonable people out there, a ton of them that think that there is a better option than Donald Trump. They might have supported Ron DeSantis. They might have supported Nikki Haley. They might have supported Vivek Ramaswamy. Roughly 49% of Iowa caucus goers did. They lost. That's how the primary works. I actually think it's super healthy that there were people willing to challenge Trump and that Trump ended up winning. Like, I, And the analogy with Barack Obama is a bad one because... If Barack Obama took four years off because he lost in 2012, correct? Right? If he had lost to Mitt Romney and then Barack Obama had come back to run in 2016, I think that a ton of Democrats would have supported somebody else in the Iowa caucus. So his hypothetical is not accurate. It's not lined up properly. That's what I mean. Like at H- Hillary Clinton absolutely would have run against Barack Obama if he had just lost and correct. would have gotten a chunk of the vote. You would and think so would so. Bernie. And so yeah. would Elizabeth Warren. There would have been a, but, it would be very contested. But you know, it's just, he, I think he's actually, I'm being nice here, a little smarter than that. It's just petty. He's just petty about it. He just doesn't want to accept. I mean, imagine is, what's going to happen, Buck, if Trump wins. All of these people are going to lose their minds. And I, so I, are a lot of leftists in this country. What happens, what happens if you're already emotionally broken by a candidate and then you get even more broken <laughs> like broken I, I don't really know where it goes <laughs> there should be a word for brokener uh yeah, yeah that would be so, fascinating we'll get into it you know there's no shortage of people who are concerned about the u.s dollar we're 34 trillion dollars in debt and there are major changes to the global financial system underway there's a lot of volatility in the world this biden white house who knows what they're going to do and who knows what that could do to the value of the dollars you have in your bank account Former Wall Street insider Tika Tiwari thinks you need to listen up and prepare. He's convinced that there could be major changes to the dollar coming, so he's got an online video with all the details and research that he's pulled together. You can watch this video online, on demand, for free, and make your own conclusions. Tika has shared three steps you might want to take to protect yourself and grow your wealth in the coming months and year. Go to MoveYourCashNow.com to learn the three steps you need to take to protect and grow your wealth in the coming months and year. That's MoveYourCashNow.com, MoveYourCashNow.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, appreciate all of you rolling through with us, 800-282-2882, as we react to the results that came in from Iowa. One thing we should probably mention, Buck, there's been some criticism over how quickly the call was made. Um, I don't know if you paid a lot of attention to that, but... I know probably some of you listening right now were still in line voting in the Iowa caucuses, maybe not even have filled out your slips of paper yet uh, when all of the different news organizations started making their call. In general, I would say 
I would prefer, and I bet you would too, although I don't know this for sure, that every news organization wait till the polls have officially closed before they make the announcement of who has won, just because it, it feels wrong yes. to have people standing in line waiting to vote and hear the election's already been determined. 100% agree, and and it should be, you know, to, to me, you just create this arms race, and someone's tried to go sooner and sooner, yes. and someone's going to come out and get it very wrong because they go too soon, because they're fighting over who gets to be first. It should be polls close, now we can talk. You yes. know, it should be like the starting pistol of the race. Polls closed, now we want to know. I, I do not like this... uh news organizations calling it because it can affect and we know remember back in 2000 they were calling florida and people went home and there there are multiple time zones in florida so they called for the east coast polls closing while people like in the panhandle central time zone were still voting and i think that's probably because a lot of people weren't aware that there were multiple time zones in florida like because people aren't that well informed and people forget the panhandle exists i was going to say how many journalists at cbs and nbc news have ever been to the Panhandle? Probably zero. <laughs> they, Except that's not for our friend Joe Scarborough, who used to represent the Panhandle and now has lost his mind, right? Uh, well, back then he was a Republican. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. And he was probably criticizing. But I would say the general rule um, is, you know, wait at least until the polls have officially closed. Caucus is a little bit weird, Buck, because people vote at different times in the caucus, right? So I think they were trying... Speeches can go longer. Everybody gets the opportunity to try to persuade you at the last uh, uh, meeting there, the gathering, that you need to be supporting their guy or their gal. Um, and so I, I, I think that probably factors in in some way uh, to, the, to the calculus and the decision. And I don't think it changed anything, to be fair. Maybe a few people were like, oh, screw this, I'm walking out, Trump's already won. The one thing I will say that I was intrigued by additionally, so I, I, I would just say as we come forward – I hope that the news organizations will go back and look at this and say, yeah, let's make sure that we don't screw this up. The other thing I would say, at least wait till the polls close to call a state, even if we know it's not going to be particularly close. The other thing I would uh, I would point out here, and I haven't heard an explanation for it, only 115,000 people turned out in Iowa. That's way less than turned out in 2016. Is that weather? Is that people deciding that Trump was already going to win? Because there's $124 million spent is the number that I saw in Iowa. So Nikki Haley ran a big campaign. Certainly DeSantis did. Vivek was everywhere. Trump spent a lot of money, too. I'm a little bit curious about why. I think 200,000 people turned out in 2016. If you look at the numbers, only 115 k turned out in 2024. Is that telling us anything about turnout going forward? Uh, or was this a function of people felt like Trump had it won and so there wasn't as much enthusiasm? 2016 obviously was super tight and you had a lot of big time candidates all duking it out. Um, I'm just a little bit, I, I would be for the data analyst out there who pick through all the numbers. I would be curious why they would say, so many fewer people turned out in 24 than turned out in 16. So do you want to do emails or calls now? Which one do you like better? Which one is more entertaining? Well, ah, well, that's tough. We got entertaining calls and emails. Let's say this. We'll do some, we'll do some VIP emails 
And go be a Clan Buck VIP, because also it's a great way to see our new three-hour streaming of the show, which is going to be up at ClayandBuck.com going forward. Uh, ClayandBuck.com, go become a VIP. Thank you so much for those of you who already are, and you get the access to the special VIP email inbox. We'll take some calls on the flip side of this break, so if you're on hold, please stay with us. Marjorie writes, first, does not the outcome in Iowa mean that 49% do not want Trump? Second, if all the remaining states select a non-Trump candidate by 51%, can we still have Haley, who the poll says will beat Biden more handily than Trump or DeSantis? Third, I want to vote. When you call it so decisively, you're leaving us all out. Uh, your show is making me sad. <laughs> okay. It's going to basically win every other state um, in the country uh, that, that has any significance to the outcome of the election. Um, so you can believe that this is all going to change. And by the way, you can, you can show up, sorry to cut you off, but you can show up and vote for whoever you want in your primary. I mean, people yeah, showed course. up and voted for Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie. They're still going to be on your ballot. What I'm saying is, does it make sense to spend hundreds of millions of dollars against Trump for the Republican Party when it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the nominee? Yes. So, uh, back to Marjorie here. Yes. The Iowa, doesn't Iowa mean 49% do not want Trump? Um, yeah, but the way the math works, first of all, when you say don't want Trump, 49% had a, another candidate that they supported. But that doesn't mean, I, I think saying they don't want Trump is, is, uh, is severe. I mean, I think that of the people that voted for DeSantis in Iowa, a vast majority of them, if Trump is the nominee, not even a majority, I think 95% of them are going to vote for Donald Trump in the general election. Uh, Nikki Haley, maybe not as high, but a very high percentage will vote. Uh, for Donald Trump as well. So uh, I would, I would put that in the mix. And then if all the remaining states select the non-Trump candidate by 51, yeah, but the point is you're, you're not, first of all, uh, Iowa, I mean, Clay, feel free to chime in here as well, but Iowa was Ron DeSantis's stronghold, supposedly. Yes. That was the idea. Um, he's losing dramatically in Florida, his home state, as is Nikki Haley. So if you had these candidates, I think that the problem that we're seeing here is she thinks, well, can't we get a dropout of DeSantis and then we get, you know, the 49 number can all consolidate? Well, no, because when you have a DeSantis dropout, let's just say a large percentage of them are going to go to Trump. So now yes. you're going to be at Trump, you know, 70 percent. So that's why the the math equation doesn't add up. Uh, that that's I, I'm not claiming to be a, a a genius when it comes to math, but every time a candidate drops out, Vivek just dropped out. What did Vivek get? Seven point seven percent of yeah. uh, of the vote in Iowa. What percentage of Vivek supports going to Trump? Ninety, probably ninety oh, yeah. percent at, at least. least. So basically, you can add in eight more points to Trump, right? That gets you to fifty nine. If DeSantis were to drop out, what did DeSantis get? Twenty one. I feel like if you ask the average DeSantis supporter who's your second choice, 75% of them would say Trump. That's what I said first hour, same thing, yep. Okay, so you're going to take whatever 75% of 21 is, you know, another, uh, you know, 17% basically goes to Trump. And so Nikki Haley, who would be the only person left, got 19%. Let's say she adds 7 or 8% from all those people. Now that's just Iowa. But the math just doesn't add up for Nikki Haley, which is why I said DeSantis staying in the race probably helps Nikki Haley because the majority, we can argue about exactly what percentage, but the yeah, majority she looks of DeSantis more real support. as a candidate as long as DeSantis is there. The moment DeSantis leaves, 
DeSantis supporters are going to become Trump. This is one part of this that I think got lost in some of the more uh, acrimonious parts of the primary. Um, DeSantis voters voted for Trump twice. Yes. Every single DeSantis, every, when I say DeSantis primary voter, every single DeSantis primary voter that I can think of, that I know, and I'm talking about now people in the media whom I know and I know how they voted, they all voted for Trump twice. Yes. So they're going to vote for Trump again. I agree. And, and that's why the math, this is just a simple math equation. And I'm not saying, by the way, if you're a diehard Nikki Haley supporter and you live in, I don't know, South Carolina, and you're a diehard uh, DeSantis supporter and you live in Texas, I'm not saying you can't or shouldn't show up and support whichever candidate you like the most. What I'm saying is once you know how the how the primary is going to be decided, and I don't see any pathway short of what we said in the first hour, short of health condition for Trump or Supreme Court really, really out of nowhere suddenly saying, hey, guess what? Trump can be pulled off all these ballots, right? Other than one of those two things happening, Trump is going to be the nominee. That's almost like a little green men space alien invasion and taking over the country level of probability in my mind. The Supreme Court doing that. So to be, yes, it is theoretically possible. I think it is not even statistically. It is only theoretically possible. I'm just trying to be kind and even think of ways that Trump's not the nominee. There is no pathway for Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis now. And again, the amount of money that they have spent is so massive. They don't have that money to spend in every other state, and you're seeing Trump as a 30 or 40 percent um, uh, favorite here. Remember, so, remember Rocky? Yes. Remember Rocky Four, where you know the Russian is cut, and and all of a sudden everyone realized that he's not invincible, or perhaps for an even for an even better, if you're more of a Schwarzenegger than a Stallone person, when they realize that the predator actually bleeds, and they're like, okay, so we can. They thought that they were going to find, you know. A weakness in Iowa with Trump, and they didn't. That's right. It's 100% right. Uh, so we'll continue to take your calls. We haven't gotten one call. Millions of people out there listening. Not one person has called in so far today and said, I still think Ron DeSantis can win, or I still think Nikki Haley can win. Not one. There was a time in the past uh, 30 years when family members were t- spending a lot of time trying to uh, to save money, right? And that time is probably still going on right now with your cell phone bill. Remember what the idea was with cell phones? Oh, it's way cheaper to have a cell phone for long-distance calls. Remember what was a big deal, how much long-distance calls? A lot of you probably initially got your cell phone because you call people on long-distance, and it didn't cost any more than a local call. Everybody's been trying to save money with cell phones since they started. The problem is a lot of our cell phone bills have continued to go up. And you feel like you aren't getting your money's worth, particularly if you've got a family and you got multiple phones like I do, uh, like many of you out there. Why not go ahead and give a chance to Pure Talk? It's a company you can feel proud to do business with. They champion your values, and they are veteran-owned with U.S.-based customer support team. Right now, Pure Talk will offer you a great service at an excellent value, and Pure Talk will employ a customer service team, like I said, 100% U.S. based. Company recognizes the value of hard work, of caring for one another. They can save you and your family a thousand dollars over the course of 2024. How much would that extra thousand dollars mean to you and your family? Probably a great deal, especially as everybody's setting their budgets now for 2024 and all prices seem to be going up thanks to Joe Biden's inflation. 
Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to join your fellow Americans. Make the switch today. Save up to $1,000 over the course of a year by dialing pound 250, saying Clay and Buck, and you'll get an additional 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 with Pure Talk. Keep up with Clay and Buck's campaign coverage with 24, a Sunday highlight reel from the week. Find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Next hour, we'll get into a little bit of a look ahead here to New Hampshire, some of the other major uh, states that are going to be voting in the weeks ahead, and a, a bit of the Democrat strategy, which I know, isn't that a Bush word, right? It, yeah, it, it wasn't is a Bush really word, a yes. word. It wasn't really a word, but now it, I think it became a word because Bush made it one. I still think decider, which technically I believe was not a word. Decider is a great word. Like, that's the word that we should all use. Anyway, there'll be a lot of strategy from the Democrat side that we shall discuss uh, in the third hour. Let's take some calls here, though. From all of you, we have Steve in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. What's up, Steve? Gentlemen, good afternoon. It's a pleasure to talk to you. So, listen, I'm not going to, as a Trump supporter and a former GOP state committee man, um, I'm not 
I, I, I'm not saying that Nikki Haley is going to win everything, but I'm going to tell you something. After speaking to some friends this morning who were up there helping Trump in New Hampshire, I didn't realize, I, I never underestimate the Democratic Party, the Democrat Party, because they will play dirty tricks. I hate when we get involved in primaries, each other's primaries. I don't like that. But they are autocratic, uh, the Democratic Committee, because there's no Biden ballot up there. I didn't realize this that there was absolutely no Biden ballot. So these people have focused their energy on helping to get Nikki Haley elected. Yeah, can I say, Steve, Steve, I think everything, Steve, everything you're saying is is true, and I appreciate you bringing it to the attention uh, of this audience. Um, Clay and I both think Nikki Haley could win New Hampshire. Uh, I I don't think that would be a, a big surprise, but it doesn't change anything in the overall math based on everything else everywhere else. Does that make sense? I mean, you're right to point out the uh, treacherous nature of Democrats in politics, but I don't think that – what I'm saying is even if Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire outright, which would be a big night for her, doesn't change anything. Yeah, and I think – thanks for the call and, and making people aware of that. I think this is an attempt to prolong the Republican primary and embarrass Trump by Democrats because if Nikki Haley wins, let's be honest, television is based on ratings. There will be two weeks of coverage – headed into South Carolina, saying, oh, my goodness, look, Nikki Haley, can she pull off the upset of Trump? I don't think we, – we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Buck, and we've got a lot of South Carolinian listeners. I don't think there's a chance that Nikki Haley can beat Trump in South Carolina, which is why I've said for a while I think this thing is over when you actually look at the math, but they want that storyline because otherwise they're going to have to come on and tell you what we told you, which is this thing's over. That's all true. Um, let's get to next up here. Sorry. Uh, I, I, Brady I, I, in Austin, Texas. Thank you. I, I lost my, my, my place. Yes. yes, Brady. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, I want the primaries to continue. I'm a Trump supporter. And the main reason is I want every Trump supporter to have the opportunity to cast their vote for, for Donald Trump and have that number counted and broadcast far and wide. And I want... If numbers were low in Iowa, I want them high everywhere else. I want, you know, I we know he's got a broad base of support. I want the rest of the country to know that, hey, we're still out there. We're ready to, to vote for Donald Trump at the drop of a hat. We're excited, and and uh, we want to – I want thrilling tales of victory. I ain't tired of winning. Yeah, this is important. Thank you for the call, Brady. I want all of you to show up at your primaries and vote. Don't mistake me uh, by saying that the race is over. I just don't want $100 million to be spent against Donald Trump tearing him down but all of your other votes down ballot are super important who the nominees are everything else show up and vote every time you can yeah this this is everyone's right in the primary this is the process and uh calling the likely outcome doesn't mean that it shouldn't play out in state by state exactly as it is set up to do so yeah everyone should get out there and vote and people should vote for whom they think the best candidate is you know whoever that may be um, it's just looking at the math and looking at the polls, it seems pretty definitive where all this is heading. But we always leave, you know, I said 99.9% Clay. It's a 0.1% chance that we could be wrong on this one. So I wouldn't bet the, I wouldn't bet the farm against it, so to speak, but you know how it goes. Let's talk about, uh, New Hampshire a little bit more, actually. We come back here. What's next? Whatever else comes to mind. We got some fun stuff. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 